On today's episode, I'll go over the Rockford Ice Hogs moving on to the next round of the Calder Cup playoffs and also discuss Hawks associate GM Jeff Greenberg being in the running for the Penguins GM job. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Monday, April 24th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, whether you're a consistent listener, a first-time listener, if you haven't shown support already, please make sure to do so real quick. Make sure to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit that like button, comment down below, and turn on those push notifications so that you can be notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. And for all you audio listeners out there as well, you can also follow along 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. You can also go me, go and leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. I greatly appreciate all the support, folks. It really helps me out more than all of you know. So please take the two seconds that it requires in order to show some support. All right, enough of that. Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, I guess, at this point, by the time I'll be dropping today's episode. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your week. Hope everyone's Monday is going swell up to this point. Over the weekend, We got some good news regarding the Chicago Blackhawks, AHL affiliate Rockford Icehawks, as they picked up another close, nail-biting overtime victory over the Iowa Wild, which advanced them onto the Central Division semifinals in the Calder Cup playoffs. They're going to have a date with the Texas Stars in the first round after advancing through their best-of-three play-in series with Iowa. And as I mentioned, like basically... Every game against Iowa this season, it came down to the wire out of the 14 meetings, including the two postseason matchups between these two teams this year. Nine of the games went into overtime. Fortunately, the Ice Hogs were the team in games one and two that wound up scoring the OT winner. Just like last season over Texas, the Ice Hogs get the job done in just two games. A marvelous victory that they picked up on uh, Friday night at What's the name of Iowa Wilds Arena? I forget the name of it. But regardless, uh, what an effort out of the Rockford Ice Hogs fighting from behind late in the third period. But yeah, this one was just like game one, just like all of the meetings basically throughout the entirety of the regular season as well. This one was tooth and nail, neck and neck the whole way. For the second consecutive game, Iowa opened the scoring to go ahead one to nothing. But the Ice Hogs responded quickly. A late power play goal from Isaac Phillips who has just been dynamite not only through these first two games, but during the final stretch of the season on the top D pairing for the Ice Hogs. He sniped home a power play goal to tie the score one to one. And then actually in the second period, the Ice Hogs grabbed the two to one lead is David Gust. That second line of Gust, Philp, and Sini was marvelous in the opening contest. They produced once again here in game two as David Gust goes end to end a beautiful coast to coast rush with a sharp tuck in 
uh, at the other end to beat Jesper Wallstead, putting the Ice Hogs ahead two to one. But after that point, that's really when the Wild came with their best charge of this play in series. They tied the game two to two, uh, just 20 seconds into the third period. Marco Rossi, who is a wild prospect that us Blackhawks fans have gotten very familiar with these last couple of seasons. And it's kind of funny that only fitting that these two teams uh, wound up matching up in the best of three play in series here. If you all remember correctly, the Hawks in the Wilds prospects back in September, it might've even been August. I, I can't remember exactly when it was, but they were together in the Tom Curvers prospect showcase that was held at fifth third arena in Chicago. The year prior, they were up in Minnesota for that showcase. They'll be going back up to Minnesota this fall to take part in that showcase for the third consecutive year. So these Prospect groups have gotten very familiar with each other over the years. Maybe that's why they've had so many close contested games uh, over the past, you know, 12 months now. They just kind of are familiar with their styles and know how to keep it close on both ends. But uh, yeah, pretty fitting that they were uh, matching up in the first round here and the Ice Hogs wound up getting the best of them. But yeah, a strong push from the Wild in those final 30, 35 minutes or so, Arvid Soderbloom had to make a lot of big-time saves. The Wild did grab a 3-2 lead early in the third period, and I was like, oh, what did we just do? But fortunately, Michael Tepley, my boy, wound up tying the score 3-3 right on the front doorstep. And by the way, that bottom six, that third line, I guess I should say, the bottom six as a whole was really good for Rockford in this game and wound up uh, making a huge difference, not only scoring this game-tying goal with Tepley on the doorstep, Got to give a shout out to defenseman Philip Ruse as well for demonstrating some phenomenal patience to wait and open up the lane so that he could fire that puck on net. Winds up working its way over to Tepley and he taps in to tie the score three to three. But not only did this third line come up huge in regulation to not the score, but they also picked up the overtime winner just two minutes into the extra frame. I already mentioned for the ninth time out of 14 meetings, this game ended up going to overtime. Soderblom made some big stops late for the Ice Hawks. And then just over two minutes into OT, Alex Vlasic sets up Buddy Robinson, uh, who of course scored that huge goal against uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins to help bury their postseason chances. I'll actually be talking more about the Pittsburgh Penguins coming up here in just a minute, but Buddy Robinson winds up being the hero for the Ice Hogs to advance them on to the Central Division semifinals. As I mentioned, they'll be taking on the Texas Stars in that best of five series. But yeah, a, a huge win for the Rockford Ice Hogs, and you can tell just how elated and how much this meant to this group that they were able to get over that hump and Look, you know, it got tough for them down the stretch of the season. They had to win five of their last seven games just to get into the Calder Cup playoffs. Looks like they found a way to continue to ride that momentum by winning both games one and games two. So, yeah, they've won seven of their last nine. And watching them celebrate that goal, you could tell how meaningful it was for this group. I mean, go and watch the highlight of Buddy Robinson's game winner, Alex Vlasic, after Robinson taps it in, is is jumping like, you know, a kid who just woke up on Christmas and sees a tree full of presents. Um, it was an awesome moment for the Ice Hogs. Back-to-back -back years, they've gotten the job done in the playing series. Hopefully, though, they'll have better fortune this year in the first round against the Texas Stars than they did last year against uh, the wagon that was the Chicago Wolves. They ended up getting swept in that series as the Wolves really cruised through everyone to go and win the Calder Cup playoffs. So, uh, yeah, now the Ice Hogs have a best-of-five matchup with the Texas Stars. Those two teams also faced off eight times during the regular season, and the Ice Hogs were actually the ones who got the better of the Stars in those eight meetings, winning five 
of the eight matchups. And yeah, their best of five uh, first round series, excuse me, will officially kick off on Friday at the BMO Center in Rockford. And I've always kind of found it interesting how uh, the AHL postseason structure works. They do change it a lot and they test a lot of things for the NHL, obviously. That's kind of what the minor leagues are for, right? We see that a lot in baseball in particular. Um, But the way that the AHL has their playoff structure, games one and two will actually be in Rockford. And, you know, in the NHL, we usually see the higher seed get the home games in games one and two before going on the road in games three and four. Well, in the AHL Calder Cup playoffs, it's a little bit different. Games one and games two will be in Rockford, despite them being the lower seeds. And then games three, four, and five, of course, if necessary, then will be held in Texas. So we'll see how that plays a factor into the Ice Hogs' success. Obviously, I think it's a little bit of a, a bonus for them that they get to go back onto home ice after, you know, winning both games of the play in series. If they can, you know, find a way to win both of those games, shoot, even splitting. I know you would prefer to go into Texas ahead two to nothing, but I think that would put them in a really good spot. Hopefully they can carry some of that momentum over against Texas and keep doing what they did in the regular season against them. But yeah, game one will be at 7 p.m. Central time on Friday night at the BMO Center. And by the way, if you're listening to this and thinking about heading on out to Rockford to be in attendance for this game, the first 5,000 fans will receive a free rally towel. And it's also $2 beer night, so a pretty good deal there. Make sure to go and show some support for these Rockford Ice Hogs. I talk about it a lot here. I know it's not the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs like we want it to be, but this is a very meaningful time for this group. And Obviously, what's going on down in Rockford is also very important for the Blackhawks rebuild. There's a lot of key pieces down there. I'm going to do my best to head out to Rockford on Friday night and maybe even Sunday afternoon for game two, which will be uh, at 4 p.m. Central time, by the way. And then, as I mentioned, games three and then four and five, if necessary, will move on down to Texas. Game three is slated for next Wednesday. That's a 7 p.m. Central time puck drop. Game four would be Friday, another 7 p.m. Central puck drop. And then Game five, if necessary, will be uh, not this upcoming Saturday, obviously, but the following Saturday, another 7 p.m. puck drop in Texas. But yeah, that series officially kicks off this Friday night, 7 p.m. Central Time at the BMO Center. Go and show some support if you're still caring about the Rockford Ice Hogs at this point of the season. They need all the support they can get, and hopefully they can stay hot and keep on moving throughout these Calder Cup playoffs. All right, there are my thoughts on the Rockford Ice Hogs defeating the Iowa Wild in the best of three playing series. Coming up in just a moment, I will discuss the latest rumors of Blackhawks Associate General Manager Jeff Greenberg being in the running for the Pittsburgh Penguins GM job. But first, I need to talk to you all about game time, which is the perfect place for last-minute ticket deals. And buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I've actually been using game time. It's funny. Uh, The head of my company just reached out and said, hey, if you uh, sign up free to game time, they give you all this good stuff. Well, unfortunately, I can't take advantage of those offers because I've been a long-time game time user. I've seriously been using it since high school and college. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your tickets to anything. I love how they also give me images of my seats and uh, they give event cancellation protection. It's awesome. So make sure to go and download the game time app, go and create an account and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps for $20 off your first purchase. Who doesn't love $20 off 
uh, of their game tickets. Again, all you got to do is go and create an account and redeem the code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps for $20 off. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed game time. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick before I get into segment two, I do want to remind you all about all the great stuff that I have coming up on Lockdown Blackhawks this offseason. I know it's the slow time of year, basically, but there is plenty of reasons to stay tuned into all of the latest Blackhawks news because, as you probably already know, I've begun my season recap segments where I dive into every Blackhawks player season and dish out a report card grade. I'm also really hoping to have more players for the Rockford Icehogs on the show throughout their postseason run. I'll be talking with NBC Sports Chicago's Charlie Rumeliotis here sometime soon. We've been in communication recently trying to figure out a date. And then I also plan on diving into NHL draft profiles once the NHL draft lottery occurs, which is Just about two weeks away, Blackhawks fans. Keep those fingers crossed. I'll also look at some potential free agent finds for the Blackhawks this offseason, as well as my end-of-season top 10 prospects list. So plenty of good stuff coming up here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Make sure to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel to stay all caught up on that good stuff. All right. Let's go ahead and get into some actual Chicago Blackhawks news, shall we? I know I just said this is the time of year where it's kind of few and far between, but we actually did get a whiff of some tangible, I guess not tangible, that's a bad bad word to use in this situation. You can't physically touch this news, but we did get some uh, realistic rumors thrown out there recently as uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick on the 32 Thoughts podcast last Monday. I know this happened a week ago now, but kind of been caught up on the season recaps and Stanley Cup playoffs and interviewing the Rockford Icehogs. Make sure to go and check out those two interviews as I discussed uh, the playoffs with Alec Regula and Ryder Rolston before the best of three play in series going Click on my YouTube channel and watch those videos if you haven't done so already. Um, So yeah, this kind of got put on the back burner, unfortunately, but most certainly have to talk about this because, you know, if Friedman and Jeff Merrick are talking about it on 32 Thoughts, one of the biggest hockey podcasts in the world, you know, there's got to be some sort of legitimacy to it. And the first part involving the Blackhawks was when Merrick and Friedman were discussing the Pittsburgh Penguins, who, uh, of course, recently just kind of cleaned house. They fired Uh, president of Hockey Ops, Brian Burke, a well-known figure around the NHL, along with uh, Ron Hextall, who, man, Penguins fans were calling for his name uh, the second that they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks and really got their chances slashed of qualifying for the Stanley Cup playoffs. But yeah, the Penguins recently clean house, of course, and one name that's kind of been thrown into the mix regarding their vacant GM job is Blackhawks associate general manager, Jeff Greenberg. And the reason for this is because the owners of the Pittsburgh Penguins are the Fenway sports group. And for those of you who are Cubs fans out there, you probably know they have ties to Theo Epstein. He's a minority stake owner in that group, I believe. Um, And Jeff Greenberg, of course, worked for Epstein and the Chicago Cubs when they ended the drought and won the World Series in 2016. Epstein personally hired Jeff Greenberg to run their analytics. He's obviously a huge fan of Greenberg's, a big believer of his. And then Greenberg, last offseason, left the Chicago Cubs to go and run the analytical department for the Chicago Blackhawks. So now that uh, 
The Penguins have a vacant GM job. Their ownership group has ties with Theo Epstein. It would make sense for the Penguins to check in on Greenberg and see if he could be a potential fit for what they're trying to do. Now, I will say, though, personally, this seems a little bit far-fetched to me. I mean, Greenberg, while it was even just a big leap for him and for the Blackhawks to bring in a guy who's never been involved in professional hockey, to bring him on and become the associate general manager and run the analytics job, I just think after only having one year in the Blackhawks front office, in an NHL front office for that matter, I think it would be a pretty big leap for the Pittsburgh Penguins, especially at this point and where they're at as a franchise. I mean, they still have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and it feels like they've really got to make some big decisions regarding their future. It feels like it's something that still may be salvageable, and you know Penguins fans are hoping that regardless of what they do, they're going to be able to put a team together that can still compete. Uh, it, it just feels like that's not going to be the best position for, for Jeff Greenberg to go in for him or for what the Pittsburgh Penguins want. It feels like a more ideal situation for, for my thinking, at least, would be for Greenberg to start something for the ground up, not have to go into Pittsburgh and maybe have to cut ties with franchise legends and get off to the wrong foot and, you know, trying to keep those fans happy. I don't know if they want to go into a rebuild or not, but it just doesn't feel like an ideal situation for Greenberg to go into or for a guy who really hasn't been involved in an NHL front office for all that long. It feels like naming him the general manager. I, I don't want to say that would be over Greenberg's head because shoot, I'm not in there. I don't know what Greenberg is absolutely capable of, but it just feels like it would be a little bit too early for his NHL, you know, front office career um, for him to be a general manager. So I, I personally, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if the Fenway sports group does look into Jeff Greenberg. I just think it's a little bit too early for him personally, but if it does happen, you know, it would definitely be a huge loss to the Blackhawks. I mean, Greenberg, the Blackhawks, Kyle Davidson talked about how much they needed to advance in terms of analytics. And, you know, that's the reason why they brought in Greenberg, who was also interviewed to be the general manager of the Blackhawks. They liked him so much that they decided to keep him around, even though they ended up naming uh, Kyle Davidson to that job. And for him to only be here one year and, you know, I'm sure he's gotten a lot done in this one year. The Blackhawks were, you know, not one of the teams in the NHL that was known for using analytics prior to Davidson's tenure. So obviously it's very important. And yeah, it would, it would kind of stink to have that cut short. But like I said, I'd be very surprised if Jeff Greenberg winds up being the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins. To me, it just doesn't feel like a good situational fit. And it feels like it's kind of a far-fetched reach for the Pittsburgh Penguins for where they're at as a franchise. But again, that's just my personal opinion. We'll see what winds up happening there. If there's any more news that breaks in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure the Penguins would like to get out ahead of this decision. Um, but another name that got brought up by Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick as well was former Blackhawks general manager Stan Bowman. And the reason for this is because uh, he has a history with current Pittsburgh Penguins head coach Mike Sullivan, who at this point does seem to be secure as the head coach for the Penguins going into next season. Uh, Sullivan was actually working for the Blackhawks player development in 2015 when Bowman was the general manager here. And then when Bowman was supposed to be uh, the general manager for the 2022 Men's Olympic Club, Mike Sullivan was supposed to be the head coach of that group. Bowman, of course, had to resign due to everything that happened in Chicago. Um, didn't end up being the general manager there, but 
Elliot Friedman did say based on Bowman and Sullivan having that type of relationship, he wouldn't be surprised if the Penguins kind of checked in on Stan. Now, one thing I do want to make very clear to all the fans out there is Bowman still has to go through and chat with the NHL and get cleared to be reinstated along with Joel Quenville. They both have to be reinstated by the NHL before they can even think about having a position in the NHL once again. And look, this isn't my personal opinion. I I love Joel Quenville for what he did as the Blackhawks head coach. I, I just don't think you can ever allow him to be head coach of an NHL club again for what went on under his nose. And I feel the same way about Stan Bowman. That's my personal opinion. You all are entitled to feel differently, whatever. But one thing I will say is knowing how the NHL works, I don't think we should be shocked if they do end up clearing Stan Bowman and uh, Joel Quenville. And then I think we, if that happens, we should be even less shocked that NHL clubs are actually looking into bringing these guys onto uh, their franchise. Look, this is just how the NHL works. It's terrible. I hate it, but they just keep recycling the same people over and over and over again. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Stan Bowman or Joel Quenville wind up getting a job in the NHL again. Is it right? I don't think so, but the NHL, we know how they handle situations like this. So we'll see what winds up happening there. But I I personally think Stan Bowman would not be a good hire for this Pittsburgh Penguins group. I know he has some experience with that type of team, but look at what he did to the Blackhawks post their Stanley Cup runs. And that's kind of where the Pittsburgh Penguins are at right now. You sure that's the guy you want in charge, the guy who dishes out bad contracts and trades every prospect that he has to try and win now? And to be fair, I will give I don't know why, but I will give Stan Bowman a little credit. He did the the small moves, the one-for-one swaps of not superstars. He did made a lot of good trades like that, but he absolutely flopped on all the big names. So I don't know what we're even talking about here. I know the NHL has a history of doing this, like I said, but Stan Bowman hasn't done anything as a general manager or as a person, I think, to be reinstated by the NHL. We'll see what happens there, but... Those are the latest rumors of one Blackhawks current associate GM and one of their former general managers, of course, being rumored to be in the running for the Penguins vacant GM job. All right, before I wrap up today's show, still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where, of course, I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Appreciate the questions filing in this week. Finally, got a decent amount of them. Uh, For those of you who are still listening to this point of the show and you want to ask me a question, go and do so right now in the comment section down below. You can also DM me on my personal Twitter account, at JackBushman2. You can DM at TalkinHockey, at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks. And also, go and follow the Instagram page. I'm going to be coming up with some giveaway here sometime soon. I've been having the creative juices going in my mind, thinking about what I'm going to be giving away. But I do know that part of it is you're going to have to be following the Lockdown Blackhawks Instagram page. I'm really trying to boost that account right now. I'm posting out clips of the podcast, good content every day. Um, So make sure to follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. You can also DM me there to ask me your questions for Mailbag Monday. As always, I appreciate all the support, folks. All right, getting into the first question that I have for this week's edition of Mailbag Monday, Woody Sadler emailed in the podcast over the weekend and asked a very good question. This is one I've really been wanting to answer on the show. When you watch playoff hockey, what stands out to you the most about the difference between the Blackhawks and these teams? Very good question. Obviously, I think the first one is very evident, the speed. Like when you watch the Blackhawks, 
especially at the end of the season. I know that's, you know, when the roster was very sketchy, probably half and half NHL, AHLers. Um, but watching that Blackhawks team at the end of the season was brutal because outside of uh, Lucas Reichel and Andreas Athanasiou, this Blackhawks team was just so gosh darn slow. And the league's only gotten faster and faster and faster seemingly every year for like the past 10 seasons now at this point. So the speed is the name of the game. But one thing that's always stood out to me too, in particular for teams that have gone on to have long and successful postseason runs in the Stanley Cup playoffs, they got size on the back end. I've always thought about how having size on the back end really ever since like, I mean, it's it's been a thing for a while, obviously. Size was kind of the name of the game back in up until like 2012, 2013, before the skill level really started to take that leap. It was about size. Um, but I still think that's remained a staple on the defensive side of things. You look at some of the teams that have won the Stanley Cup in the last handful of years. I mean, Colorado had a bunch of big defensemen. I know they're known for having Caleb McCarr and Sam Girard, but having Eric Johnson back there, they, they have guys with size and who can play physical. You need the skill guys, but you need guys with size as well. The Boston Bruins have some big physical defensemen. The Tampa Bay Lightning, I mean, Eric Chernak, Victor Hedman, Mikhail Sergachev. Those are teams that always seem to find a way into the later rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs, at least in my mind. So the size on the back end and being able to play through all the physicality that's required in the Stanley Cup playoffs, it just seems to me like that's been a really big key. Even going back to the St. Louis Blues when they won the Stanley Cup, a lot of big defensemen. So that that's one thing I do think, you know, you need to mix and match it well. But that's why I like to see the Blackhawks have an up-and-coming prospect like Isaac Phillips, who has some size to him. Alex Vlasic has some size to him. Ethan Del Mastro, a big physical defensive defenseman with some good size. Heck, Sam Renzel, who I'm actually going to talk about here in just a second, he's six foot four. Kevin Korchinski is six foot three, six foot four. Nolan Allen is six foot two, six foot three. They have a lot of defensemen with size coming up in the system the next few years. And obviously Stan Bowman kind of went the other route and with his crucial picks, Adam Boquist, Nicholas Bodan, Ian Mitchell, smaller size defensemen. It feels like you can get away with those guys if they're superstars, if you match them up well with big boys on the back end. So that's kind of one thing that's always stood out to me as well as you need to have good goaltending to have a chance. And personally, I do like where the Blackhawks goaltending future is at right now. And that kind of ties me into the second question I'm going to answer here on Mailbag Monday, which came from Anthony Pellegrino on Twitter, who asked, what is the goaltending future? Do we think Soderbloom gets re-signed? And what about Stauber? Trade Morazic so both can be in the NHL. Stauber has shown great potential in the NHL. Not as much in the AHL, but maybe give him another test. Camesso in the AHL. So this is obviously like a five-parter of the first one. Um, I guess, what is the goaltending future? In my mind, I think it's, honestly, it's pretty clear at this point. You could tell Alex Stalock in his end-of-the-season presser um, or in his exit interview, I guess I should say, you could tell that he was aware of what the Blackhawks have in the system right now and, and where they're at and the likelihood that he won't be coming back to this Blackhawks team. I just don't see how he's going to fit in terms of the depth chart because Peter Morazic, who is on the books for a pretty penny next season, that should not be forgotten about. The Blackhawks do have to think about that salary cap floor and having Peter Morazic and that bad contract on the books isn't the worst case for the Blackhawks at this point. So I think you can pencil in Peter Morazic to be the starter for the Blackhawks next season. And then I absolutely think Arvid Soderblom is going to get re-signed. There's no way the Blackhawks 
let him walk after what he's done the last couple of years in the midst of hopefully another very good Calder Cup playoff run off to a hot start so far for Soderblom and that he's really been carrying the Ice Hogs. So I absolutely expect him to get uh, re-signed by Chicago. And then I think ideally, if all goes well throughout the summer and in training camp, he's in line to be the backup at the NHL level for the Blackhawks behind Peter Morazic. And as for where Jackson Stauber gets involved in all of that, yes, I know he did have some flashes and looked good in uh, his short stint with the Blackhawks, but he did really struggle at the AHL level after get re- getting reassigned there. Um, to be fair, the same thing did happen to Arvid Soderblom after uh, he spent like the first two or three months in the season or the greater portion of it up in the NHL with the Blackhawks due to injuries. He really struggled when he first came back down to the AHL level. He has since obviously found his groove, but we saw those struggles for Stauber as well when he got reassigned there. And look, with the Blackhawks and the way they've gone about everything in the last year, I don't think it should be any surprise whatsoever that they're going to be in absolutely no rush to bring these prospects up to the NHL. They want to let them ripen and develop as much as they can down in Rockford. Um, We did hear Kyle Davidson say, you know, we can expect some more pieces to be up and be full-time NHLers next year. Like, Isaac Phillips, Lucas Reichel, Alex Vlasic, but I don't think Jackson Stauber is part of that group just yet. I expect him to be the starter in the AHL for the Ice Hogs next season if Soderblom does wind up getting the backup job. And then as far as Drew Comesso goes, now that he signed his entry-level deal and won't be going back to Boston University, yeah, I think you can pencil him in as the backup behind Jackson Stauber. So the way it looks to me, Staylock very, very likely will not be coming back. Morazic will be the 1A, Soderblom will be the 1B, and then the tandem down in Rockford will be uh, Jackson Stauber and Drew Comesso. The third and final question I'm going to be answering today comes from Ken Bridgman on Twitter. As uh, I guess this wasn't really a question he asked as part of the Mailbag Monday fan segment, but it is something I wanted to discuss here on the show if anyone kind of had the same question to themselves when they saw my Twitter post, which was about Blackhawks 2022 first round pick, uh, their third first round selection, by the way, in the 2022 NHL draft, 25th overall big defenseman, Sam Renzel actually posted today that uh, Renzel and the Waterloo Blackhawks will have a first round bye in the Clark Cup playoffs for the United States Hockey League. And that Renzel finished the regular season with nine goals and 27 assists for 36 points in 58 USHL games. And Ken Bridgman responded to that saying, not calling you out, Ken. I think it's a very valid question. Um, But Ken responded to my tweet and asked, is that good? Because it does not seem very good for a first round pick. And sure, maybe the numbers don't jump off the table for Sam Renzel, who, yes, was a first round pick for the Blackhawks. But he, he's always been a first-round pick that's kind of a, a, a long-term process, right? You see Sam Renzel at 17 years old when the Blackhawks drafted him, one of the youngest players in the entire 2022 NHL draft. At 17 years old, six foot four, already a good skater, was still playing high school hockey. Um, he won't be joining the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers as a freshman until this upcoming season. So, uh, being one of the youngest players in the draft, he is a work in progress, but there's so much raw talent there. As I mentioned, already six foot four, already has a good frame, already has good skating ability with offensive instincts. And look, there is some risk reward there with Sam Renzel, right? But if he's able to figure it out at that size with that speed, I mean, there is the potential for him to be an absolute game changer on the back end. And I absolutely think it was worth the Blackhawks 
what, tr uh, taking on some bad salary from the Toronto Maple Leafs in order to take a flyer on Sam Renzel. It feels like the Blackhawks are, are one of the few teams that were in a perfect position to wait and be patient and kind of stash Sam Renzel away and see how he develops in the next two, three, four years. Unlike, you know, Frankie Nazar and Kevin Korczynski, Renzel is going to be a little bit more of a long-term progress. So a project, I should say, excuse me. Um, but that's okay. The Blackhawks have a lot of defenseman prospects in the organization. As I said, they can afford to be patient with Sam Renzel. Let him go have two, three, heck, even four seasons with Minnesota if he wants, as long as he keeps developing and getting better year after year after year. The Blackhawks are in a spot where, like I said, they can afford to wait and see what they have with Sam Renzel. So yeah, maybe the numbers don't look incredible for what he did for the Waterloo Blackhawks this season, but it's all about uh, the long-term with Sam Renzel. It's the name of the game with him. So we'll see how he looks in two or three years. I think then we'll know more about whether or not he could be uh, a good NHL player or what his kind of ceiling is. But at this point, Ken, it's still way too early in the process to be, you know, high on Renzel, low on Renzel or whatever. We don't really know at this point. I don't even know if the Blackhawks know, but they certainly will have a better idea once Renzel joins the Golden Gophers in the Big Ten for his freshman campaign next season. All right, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, April 24th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and make sure to go and follow along 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2. Or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talking Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.